0: Hey guys, this is Emma from The Horse Cure, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. Today I had the opportunity to talk with Emma Ford, professional groom and author of World Class Grooming for Horses. Emma has been grooming for Olympic gold medalist Philip Dutton since 2005 and has shared with us what it takes to be an award-winning groom at the very top level of the equestrian world. Emma also shares how she and co-author Cat Hill came to write World Class Grooming for Horses, which if you don't own, you should treat yourself to immediately. Well, I'm just going to kind of dive right in. I want to know more about you. So you were raised with horses from what I'm reading. Is that right?
1: Yes. Basically, my dad was actually a master of foxhounds and I was pretty much on a horse before I could walk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so bait, horses have been in my life you know, from the very beginning. I actually grew up on a farm with uh, dairy cattle and stuff. So i um, just you know being around animals is very natural for me. Okay, so how did you evolve from
0: Emma Ford horse girl to Emma Ford groom to the stars? <laughs> Tell me about your evolution.
1: Uh yeah, it's a long one. <laughs> um so um I was very, you know, I'm very fortunate my parents backed me all the way and there's actually myself and my sister we started to ride and then my sister fell off at a young age and she sort of gave up which was Probably a good thing um, (laughs) expense-wise for my parents, Um, but I continued and I was very involved in the Pony Club. Um, I was probably in the Pony Club from age five up until, well, when I went to college, basically. Um, and within the pony club I just did a lot of, you know, I did all my testing. I tested out at B. Um and I was on the dressage team. I was on the show jumping team. Okay. I did the I did the eventing team once. Um That's all uh, at your college? Yeah, I just you know, summer holidays I'd go and work at the local riding stables. Mm-hmm. I work at the local um a lady that um I used to idol she would have me <laughs> in her barn and you know teach me to clip and braid and um stuff like that
0: mentors and are then, such a gift they really are yes,
1: yeah yeah and you know I did some po- I did grooming for some point to pointers um and then basically so even like when I was at college like I hadn't really like set my sights on this being my main job, basically. I was going to go to college. I was going to get a, you know, get a good degree, get a real life, get a, you know, <laughs> right. get a job, so to speak. <laughs> but I'd finished school and finished college and I just wanted to travel for a year. And <laughs> I, you know, I hadn't had, a, I'd never been out of England. At that time, I was, I guess I was pretty naive and I, the only way I could see I could travel was to come over to, to the, uh, like to work. You know, I think there are different ways of doing it these days. But so I decided to come over to the States and, you know, go into uh, work with horses for a year. Okay. And I landed with a, an amazing family in Massachusetts, um, Adrian Iorio. And after a year, she asked if I wanted to extend. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'd been having a good time. And um, basically that turned into seven years with Adrian. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The sort of the love. I'd always loved eventing. Like I didn't live very far from badminton. So, you know, I'd always, with Pony Club, we'd always been to badminton cross country day and I was sure. like, oh, I want to do, you know, <laughs> whilst I was, um, at Adrian's, interestingly enough, when we, when I first got to Adrian's, she actually only had two event horses and her business was a riding school and a boarding program. Okay. And the idea was for me to come in and basically learn the basics, learn, you know, barn management. I taught some lessons you know, I was riding at that stage. She very, you know, she was awesome about letting me ride her horses. And as the years went on, she progressed in her own riding. By the end of seven years, she had twelve event horses. Wow. Done all three times. I'd flown to Blenheim. Um, flown a horse over to Blenheim three star. Honestly, it was that trip of flying the horses to <laughs> Blenheim. I was like, this, this is what I want to do. What did um, you love about
0: it? What was the trigger there?
1: It was scary at the time because like It was obviously the first time I'd flown with a horse On the flight but being given that chance To take care of that horse and You know do all those amazing things and get them To another country and take care of Them you know in every way possible Mm -hmm. And then once there, just Being surrounded by The best in the world And that doesn't mean just riders that's grooms Too and uh, I actually Was lucky enough to fly over with Philip's Previous groom Colby they were Preparing for the 2002 world championships at that stage so like the whole australian team was at the farm that we stayed at wow. so you know philip was there and i can't even remember who was on the team at that year but it was just i i can remember one of the best stories i have is i walked into the um the the farmhouse you know we'd go in and get coffee and everything in the morning and that and mark todd and rodney powell were sitting at the breakfast table and it was like <laughs> And you know, you just sat down with Mark Todd and (laughs) Freddie, and I will never forget. I will never forget that morning. You know, like like, these are people that I like idol with. You know, so and from that moment on, I was like, this, this is what I want to do. And I was never, I was never going to be the rider. Like I did very well in show jumping, thanks Mm -hmm. to a very good horse, but I was never going to be the rider. To make it to the top And this, you know, by grooming was one way I I knew I could get to the top And I I enjoyed it all the time You know, I've I've always enjoyed taking care of my horses That's certainly one thing my mum and dad instilled in me You know, like if I didn't do the work Then I didn't get to ride or go to shows Mm -hmm. So, no, I've always been very grateful for that Uh, work ethic that they put in in me
0: (laughs) sure yeah so now as far as managing a barn versus grooming you know lots of lots of things tie together in that of course Um, but lots of differences too do you love the travel and the um, I don't know grooming seems like it requires a, a lot of time and effort and and heart do you love I mean obviously you love that right what's the difference between the barn management because you got a lot of activity with horses there too and being soul care and all of that? What is it about grooming that hooks? Yeah.
1: Right. Well, I have to say, I mean, I've sort of always... Been involved in both since I've been in the states. Like I sort of, you know, at Adrian's, I ended up grooming but managing the boarding and the school horses. And you know, even at Phillips, as his traveling groom, I'm I also manage the barn. So okay, you know, there's actually it's for me personally, it's not separated. Okay, um, in other working facilities, it's absolutely separated. So you know, again, it's something that is very, you know, it just depends on where you are, how big the barn is, you know, how that particular rider wants to run their barn um definitely towards the end with adrian you know i would say the last four years it was definitely i was her traveling groom i took a lot more care of the eventing horses and you know could walk away from the barn management type of thing okay which um for me it's all about just being able to spend time with the individual horses and finding out their quirks what makes them tick what makes Mm -hmm. them want to perform the best they can when we get to a show Okay. Um. And I think as a barn manager, you don't, you know, a lot of places you don't get that effect because, you know, you're there to oversee absolutely everything. So your job might not be concentrating on one particular horse. It's going to be overseeing your people and, you know, the fed bet, the farrier, the masseuse and the rider. And, you know, if there's lessons going on or whatever. So sure. I, I would say I, me personally, I would put myself as a groom before I put myself as a barn manager. Okay. And you know like say for me it is all about the connection you make with the horses you know i'm you know a lot of my friends will tell you that philip's got a couple of quirky horses that you know <laughs> It's you know, one in uh Conor, his the one that won Rolex in two thousand and eight, he was extremely quirky. Um <laughs> travelling, wouldn't eat, very finicky eater. You know, it was high maintenance when it came to four star and you know, like just wasn't he'd always like lose weight before competitions and he'd stress and but I sort of felt like I took him under my wing when I came on and I was like, No, me and you are gonna be buddies, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I'd like travel in the trailer with him just so that he was comfortable if that made him, you know, and um, I can remember when I took him to 2006, the World Championships in Arkin. And when we got there, Philip saw him and he was like, that's the best he's traveled ever, you know. I was like, oh, you know, well, that's because I helped.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Way to go. So how many horses are you over right now?
1: We actually have 27 in our, under my book, shall I say, right now. (laughs)
0: Okay. All right. That'd keep Um, a girl busy, I imagine.
1: Yeah, we've actually changed a little. The program's changed a little bit this last year. But, you know, we used to be... We actually used to run anywhere from 35 to 40 horses. Okay. Um, And that was because we had working students and some of them had two to three horses. It was... It was, that was very crazy. (laughs) That would be busy. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. You know, I've always said i work for probably the hardest working event rider there is in the world as far as I'm concerned. But he's, you know, this year he's taken, you know, a back step and said, no, I just want to concentrate on a certain amount of horses. And then, you know, we have, but we've still got the flow of young horses coming up through as well as like three borders that have multiple horses in as well. Okay. So tell me about your team right now. So I have three guys that work for us. Um, one is just a morning person, and then I have two that are full-time. Um, one of them, Julio, he joins me on the road, which is nice to have a guy and the muscles. <laughs> I'm Sure, sure. At my age, I'm not so good at lifting all the trunks by myself anymore. <laughs> um, but he's, he's very new. He's only been with us for a year, and he really hadn't done that much, but he's picked up very quickly and... You know, I'm sort of always working with him how to be more sensitive with the horses. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just what I say, do with one, you do with all. You know, it's like every they're all their own individuals. Sure. And then Philip has an assistant rider, Emily Hemmel, that she does have her own horse. She rides intermediate. But her main job is, you know, she's she's there to ride when Philip isn't here. Okay. And then the weekends that he's showing, she is showing her own horses somewhere else. So, you know, there's not too much overlapping. How do you add somebody to your
0: team? Because you guys have a, you run a tight ship.
1: I like to think I do. <laughs> <laughs> like to say before, um, you know, Philip's always been in charge of that. Okay. Um, I would typically go to him and be like, okay, I feel I need someone else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah.
1: Just quite, can't quite get it all done. <laughs> and honestly, and I think I think a lot of people would agree with you this, it is a little bit hit and miss. Every barn is different. You absolutely have to come in with an open mind to any barn. And we, we struggle with that. A lot of younger people don't understand the, you know, you need to come in and just be like, okay, I'm going to soak up everything I can. Mm-hmm. And Give, give it my all and the one good thing with Philip is if you he he will give to you as much as you put into the job okay but if you are not someone who's willing to walk the extra step then don't expect him to help you too much <laughs> right because it, it and isn't
0: then it's, I mean, that's how
1: he grew up it's how I grew up and yeah. you know
0: it's not a nine to five
1: no, no. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very much you, you're in this sport because you love it. You're not in this sport because you think you're going to make the big bucks. <laughs> right,
0: right. Yeah, it takes all of the hard work and all of the dedication. That's awesome. Yeah. That really is. Well, OK, so on to your book. You You go from being an extremely busy horsewoman and then you're putting a book out. I I love this book, Emma. I have to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I loved your book. I love it. I love it. And going back through it again. Yeah. So I love that you have so many pictures because, you know, there. it's one thing to say, okay, I think I just read this, but now I have a picture to show me. And then I also love that you guys put do this but don't do this I loved the the this is the wrong way because wrapping for example I was doing some of that and I'm like oh mine looks like that one that's wrong you know and and so I just I appreciated it so much I loved that book and I love that you have things as basic as it can be basic barn management more advanced and then here's shipping your horse you know overseas so it's so available and useful to everybody everybody I love this book
1: yeah Well, that was the idea when we were approached by the editors. Number one, it had to be a picture book. The editors were like, picture book sells. Um, So they were like, if if we can't get the pictures done, then there's no point in writing the book. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why the photos are in there. We just completely lucked out that Kat's um, sister-in-law is very much into photography, wants to extend her photography business. (laughs) And this was a great opportunity for her. So, you know, like I say, couldn't have lucked out anymore with that. The ideas with the rights and the wrongs, that was me and Kat saying, you know, like if we're going to do this, we want to be able to, you know, life isn't all positive. We learn from mistakes. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah, I loved your Um, honesty. You're like, oh, here was a, you know, a boo-boo I made and how I learned from it. You have all that in there too. I love this book. It's like talking to somebody, you know?
1: and it was actually my idea, the way that we opened the chapters with something related a story that relates to the chapters that, that mm-hmm. I'm going to boast myself that that was actually <laughs> my idea because people want to know that like they love them, you know, they, they love to hear the human side of it too, you know Well
0: sure, yeah, because we've all made the mistakes out here, yeah. you know, all of us yeah. In-
1: yeah, and I just felt that was a way of connect, you know, being able to connect with people at all levels and it was very much the editors, they wanted a book that went from beginner-beginner to the advanced. I mean it was certainly a big learning experience for me because i have really only done the done the eventing or the hunting you know they wanted the pure detours they wanted the pure show jumping and the hunter jumpers Mm -hmm. but luckily cat has been involved in that world so we sort of had uh, connections there through cat so that's all that that's how that all came about but at our clinics we always say if you ever think you stop learning about horses then you (laughs) might stop riding because you never ever stop learning and for me you know that was a big learning experience
0: well, sure. And, you know, it is geared more toward English writers, but I think anybody in any genre of writing and horse involvement can can love this book. Because really, like yeah. you said, you've got the barn management, but just basic grooming, basic health, yeah. and and then some more advanced grooming and more advanced health. You can use that for anybody.
1: Yes. So, you know, I, th- I feel we did a good job of making it to a very open market.
0: <laughs> oh, I think so, too. So would you so. consider doing books again? Is that something you enjoyed? Did you enjoy the auth- authorship and putting it together and organizing and all
1: that? Uh, I don't know if enjoy is the right (laughs) word. It's funny because it was one of those things where you're like, well, sure, of course we'll do this. We do that, you know, how easy. You've done this for years. It's so going to be so easy. And then you would come to write the simplest thing, like how to pick out a foot. And you're like, well, Mm -hmm. duh, you just put the foot up and.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you pick it out, right.
1: (laughs) But then you're like, no, wait a minute, step back. (laughs) Like if you have never picked up a foot before, what would you do? (laughs) Yeah. And I will say the one good thing about J guess who was the photographer, she actually has never been involved with horses. Oh, yeah. So that actually made the photographer very easy because we would just say to her, this is what we're trying to show. This is what we're trying to explain. How would you, what would you want to see?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. could you figure it so, out? So
1: that actually made that process a lot easier rather than, I think if it had been someone that knows the whole process, mm-hmm. they might took the different angles that were necessary to pick up on what we were trying to explain.
0: Well, that makes sense. I mean, it is so, it's easy to explain, you know, you get it. Right. And and so, yeah, you can really see that through this book. I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So as for more books, I'm not sure. I have to say, Kat did all the, I am not computer friendly, and Kat did all the editing, which was, I mean, I can remember the day we, <laughs> they actually called us and they were like, now don't be scared by all the red marks. Oh, yeah. Cat <laughs> Kat came back and she's like, uh, oh, we got to do all this. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> she did all of it, like God love her, because I wow. wouldn't just is. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, okay, so what does a world-class grooming clinic look like? So I found out that you guys do clinics, and I think that's so cool. So who should go to that? What does it look like when you go? Yeah,
1: we basically offer we basically offer anything. We can offer anything from teaching your six-year-olds how to muck a stall <laughs> to how to most effectively groom your pony. Or we take professional grooms, maybe young grooms that want to become professional, haven't been in actual just grooming for a while, and we'll say, okay, this is how, you know, This is how to improve on what you already know. We do a lot with the pony club, you know, ratings, stuff like that. And honestly, it's it's for anybody. It's for the person that, you know, they used to ride and they haven't ridden in 20 years and it's their first horse and they just want to take better better care of their horses. And the way the clinics work, depending on who, you know, who decides to have one. The great thing is we can be flexible. We're totally geared to whatever that particular group needs. So if it's a young group, a lot of the kids all they want to do is braiding. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so we'll be like, okay, well we're gonna to do some serious stuff but then we'll spend three hours the <laughs> <of course. laughs> you know all the adult amateurs you know they just really want to know the health side of the horse and how to better wrap and what do you do with this skin or that skin so it really really is it, it can be for anybody and we'll do a one day clinic we'll do two days and you know some of them will do pony club one day and then the next day we'll do adult amateurs you know whatever is in your area you know we'll go national you travel so. too yeah we'll go wherever we're paid to go basically. excellent well that is wonderful though
0: I mean it really is yeah
1: yeah and you know people eat it it's it's funny because you know there's when we first started definitely people were like oh grooming well I know how to brush a horse it's you true. know yeah <laughs> and when they finish the clinic they're like oh my god I'm like uh-huh <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is my life I know it
1: but it was you know it would be those people that, that would then go back to their barns and go okay you've got to have them out like this they're amazing you know?
0: yes so. Oh I love that though I think that's wonderful And do you do some sort of like Barn streamlining as well If that's you know an option If somebody's like Yeah boy I really wish I could get Just run a little tighter ship here Call yes, Emma and Yeah Kat. we
1: offer that We will come in And Kat actually does more of that than me Just because she's a little more flexible But mm-hmm. you know she will go in and work with Say your working students Like she gets a lot of people um, A professional rider will be like Look I've got this. Girl, these two girls They're amazing I think I could do You know I would love them to be trained up more As a groom and then Kat will come in and she'll work with them for two days and be like okay this is where you need to improve this is you know what you need to get your eye on and it's really um you know a lot of riders have really benefited from that
0: what a great experience that would be Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, and you said you'll travel out here, but you have people who I assume come to you too.
1: We pretty much go everywhere.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, so what does it take to be world-class? What separates you from the others? Not to
1: dedication and devotion, honestly.
0: Dedication and devotion. (laughs) Well, really though, that's true. Like you said, it's not a -a 40-hour-a-week job. You're there and you want to get to know everybody, your your horse's personalities. I love that because they're all different. They're all so different, you know?
1: Yes. And one of the questions we get asked is, we're obviously like you'll hear comments like oh well the riders don't spend enough you know the professional riders don't spend enough time with their horses or whatever and it's like but at the end of the day most professional event riders are having to make the money right or the sport so no they do not necessarily have the time to spend with them but it Mm -hmm. is you know my job our job as the grooms to be able to go to them and say hey you know what he's sore in this spot he's not feeling right you know he tweaked his ear the wrong way (laughs) sure yeah you know that's how i see, see my job. And I, as I say, um, you know, I just, I love just being around them. Um, yes, like every job it get, you know, there's days you're like, oh, I just want a day off. Right, right. <laughs> but to me, the benefits far outweigh the negatives of the job.
0: Okay. So. Do you have any of your own horses right now that you're riding? No,
1: I actually don't ride anymore. Okay. Um, I used to, and I actually have back issues and... Ugh. Yeah. It got to the point I was like, it's not worth riding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't. I occasionally I'll see a horse galloping. I used to love galloping the horses. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind doing that. And Phillip's, he's like, you know, you can go do that. And I'm like, there isn't one of his horses I'd sit on to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell me about the breeds that he favors. What do you see at your level? He
1: will always take a good thoroughbred if he sees a good thoroughbred, he'll always take that over anything else. Okay. I think the harder the thoroughbred, the stamina, when, when push comes to shove, at the end of that 11 minutes four-star track, it's, it's the thoroughbred that wins through for you. Okay. Yes, there's definitely a lot of Irish in our barn right now, mm-hmm. and I think you'll always see that. You know, the Irish sport horse is definitely forming into, you know, one of the major contenders right now in the eventing world. Okay. But I think you're always going to see that mix with the thoroughbred, because you got to have that stamina. Even though it's short format now, you Still got to have that stamina. Mm -hmm. And the thoroughbreds dig deep.
0: Well, and 11 minutes of really hustling and working hard is still a lot of work.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay. Well, okay. On to some little tips of the trade and stuff. What is your favorite grooming tool?
1: I, it's very hard to narrow it down. for one. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm going to give you two. Yes. One's not a tool, but anyway. So I actually have this product called Prosture Prep. It's a, called oh. the Cross Fiber Prosture Prep Groomer. It's a very simple tool, but it's the technique you use with it. And basically I massage my horses at the same time as I'm currying them. Oh, And wow. as the name suggests, it's across across the fibers not with the fibers and the horses just love it it's a very easy product for me to be able to use and go okay they're sore in this spot they're tight here okay and i can actually help the horses myself without having to pull in a masseuse now that i definitely cannot do the same job as a top you know sports medicine massage person um, it's it's something that i really use a lot in the barn and um, it's helped me evaluate my horses. And then the other thing is witch hazel. Oh. I always say everyone should have witch hazel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I use it for a lot of things. It can be, it's an astringent. Mm-hmm. So anytime a horse has hives and you want to like um, reduce bumps, it's great for tightening up the skin. So I use it as a leg liniment as well. And I will use it just as a straight, like at the end of a grooming, I'll just wipe them off with witch hazel mm-hmm. and uh, picks up the sort of last layer of dirt as well. And I'll, I'll clean the simple wounds with it rather than straight alcohol. It's because it has an antibacterial effect. So yeah, I'm a very big believer in witch hazel. (laughs) Okay,
0: well that's kind of good to know. And then what's your favorite fly spray? What works? What works at the high levels when you don't need them (laughs) dinking around with their face, you know? Uh,
1: I actually like an all natural one by Equinature called Bagon. I basically try and stick with all natural. You can't spray it on yourself. Why should you be putting it on a horse? Right. But the key too with so many of these fly sprays, you've got to brush it in. You can't just spray it on and then leave it. You really need to brush it in and have it contact with the skin at its most effective Especially when you think the horses sweat You know, if it's just lying on the coat and then they sweat, it's going to do nothing
0: <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, that makes sense I guess I've always been a sprayer honor And what do you know, that doesn't stick around very well Okay, so when you brush it in, I mean, is it exactly what you're saying? You're kind of just brushing it, scrubbing a little bit, scrubbing it in?
1: I literally just, I, I spray it on and then I take a brush and literally brush them as if, you know, okay.
0: regular <laughs> Okay, okay, well, that yeah, no, yeah. that makes a lot of sense well okay I've got another question and I Didn't write you about this one but to clean A sheath or to not clean a sheath you hear Both <laughs> things and I i have Done both like waited and then think Oh it's kind of funky or then done it You know and then is are they itchy and So what are your thoughts on that?
1: When people ask me about it I always tell them um, In Massachusetts one of my uh, Vets up there we had a horse that Like you, you would have to seriously Trank to for the sheath cleaning Process and she was like you know what Emma I've never heard of a horse dying from a dirty. <laughs> <laughs> my philosophy is if your horse lets you do that you know say they you know they relax some horses relax when you brush them some mm-hmm. horses relax when you're clipping them you know mm-hmm. um, if they let you clean it then absolutely go ahead. Don't use anything harsh. I actually just use water and a sponge. Okay. I'll always wear latex gloves. And then the other times, you know, if you have a horse that does not like it being done, Mm -hmm. I will sedate them. Maybe do it, you know, I'll do it once, twice a year, but I'm not someone that is up there every two months.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, there's just kind of a bit of contention about do it or don't do it and when and how often and all of that. So I wanted your opinion on that. Thank you. Well, okay. And so do you have any any pet peeves? Now you at your level you probably don't show up to a show and you're like, "Oh, well, so and so didn't clean this and that or something." But do you ever have any things that you look at and you're like, "Oh my goodness. Come on, I'll get with it." I
1: have them. a lot of pet peeves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the some of them. Real long. <laughs> so uh, where
1: should I start? Well, you, you just start.
0: Start with the um, biggest one.
1: If you're going to use brass at a show, make sure it's polished. Oh,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, no fingerprints so and smudges.
1: Many people like will use an all leather brass breastplate with the brass buckles mm-hmm. and don't polish the brass. And like brass is there to shine.
0: Right, <laughs> right. That makes sense. Yeah, okay.
1: And, you know, I I'll actually stay away from brass as much as possible because I don't have time <laughs> to clean it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's one of my pet peeves. A more more of a serious one. I always, when washing a horse, too many people. They're like, oh, to wash the head, they'll just shove the, ho- the hose on his horse's face. Mm-hmm. A lot of horses don't like that, and it's amazing how many people like will come through my barn, and I, you know, I'll be like, no, use a sponge or a towel. I don't want the horse fighting on the cross ties, and they don't really get it, and you you sort of really have to push it home to them. <laughs> some horses love it, you know. Some horses, I'm like, if the horse drops their head and wants you to shower their head have at it you know
0: I've never owned a horse who has loved it they're always fighting it you know and that makes a lot of sense but they yeah they don't mind a sponge as much yeah
1: right and so I'm like what you know don't number one for me it's safety Mm -hmm. a lot of horses you do that and they spook on the cross ties and you know if you don't have a back they can spook off the cross ties and then you're in a whole different mess you know (laughs) right so that's one of my big pet peeves if I catch someone doing that in my barn I I get a little irritated
0: (laughs) sure yeah no that makes a lot of sense
1: Another one is blanket straps. <laughs>
0: okay, tell me.
1: So any of the leg straps on a blanket, they should always be reattached when you are taking the blanket off. Like, you undo them first and then reattach them to the same side so that they're not swinging around. Again, it's a safety thing. Two reasons, you know, you get hit in the head when you put the blanket on next time. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> like, you know, my one story is... I was putting one on that I didn't realize the straps were down and the strap got caught up in a ceiling fan that was moving. (gasps) Oh, no. So you can imagine that spooked the horse. The vet was there. I got trampled. The vet got trampled. Like Yikes. um, Yeah. So – to me, it is it is safety, you know. As an ascetics, when you're hanging them in a barn, it looks much tidier when the leg straps are done up rather than sure. down. Sure.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, that's something I never would have thought of as far as safety. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense.
1: So th- those are my probably three biggest pet peeves.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha Okay do you have any Like don't leave home Without that You kind of mentioned That before Your your witch hazel Is a go to
1: For always Yes Without my witch hazel Spare halters Oh yeah Something I would recommend To everybody <laughs> <laughs> That Even makes so sense much, But yeah Spare halters Always if, I don't care If you have one horse Two horses Three horses Always have a spare halter In your trailer
0: <laughs> Sure Yep And that That makes sense You never know
1: When you
0: need it One time My mom and I Traveled about an hour And a half For just a nice trail ride But with a big group Of people And it was going to be fun It was a gorgeous day We were so excited and she went around the bend and she's like did you get the saddles out already I said no didn't you put them in the trailer she said no didn't you so we just you know we came prepared to ride for an entire day with no saddles so yeah being over prepared is always better than under prepared
1: yes yes yeah. that's too funny did you yes. go ahead and ride
0: we did yeah we did, did- and it was it was wonderful. My poor mother, she's like, I've got sores on my butt. But yeah, it was it was a riot still, but definitely awesome. yeah. The next day was a little tight, but that's okay. Yeah.
1: But you yeah. know what you probably never forgot your saddle again.
0: Never no, I know it was like double check, triple check. Yeah. 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 Well, so Emma, tell me some stories of any sort really horses that you've loved I know you have a particular one that you mention in your book quite often I don't know if he's a love of your life or favorite venues <laughs> just any kind of things tell me some stories
1: oh my lord um, <laughs> this is one of the few things people joke about they're like so when you retire you're going to write a book of all the stories behind the scenes right right yeah that'd be so cool as, as grooms we threaten that we're going to do that <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're, obviously that you know I've been a groom. now since 1998 I'd say professionally and I've gone through some very big lows and I've gone through some very great highs so I think it's what life throws at you and the curveballs and how you deal with them that Mm -hmm. you know makes you the person you are isn't it I always try not to single out horses I've obviously had some amazing athletes in my life and it's very hard you know not to have you know I always say I I don't want to make the owners mad by saying I I love this one more than that one right right But, you know because they've all played a big part but obviously you know mighty nice or happy in the barn is i'm a big fan of <laughs> <laughs> uh, not just you know everyone's like well of course he won the olympus i'm like but it doesn't you know the, the moment he came into our barn you just had to look at him and you were like you're you're the real deal and funny enough before he arrived philip had said he came back from the trip and he's like emma i've got two horses and there's one you're going to fall in love with oh really and, and he didn't tell, say anymore and sure enough that you know they came off and i'm like oh i see what you mean
0: (laughs) so what was it about him what did you love
1: he is so involved in in living he (laughs) wants to know what's going on whenever he's on cross ties he's just always like oh what's going on what are you doing now and you know there's he's just so smart too smart for his own good might i say (laughs) (laughs) but then at the same time he's like this puppy dog um i i I took him to, he was our reserve horse in 2012 for the London Olympics. And he came over, went over to England for training. I would turn him out at night and have my other horse in during, during the night. And Whistle would go out during the day but bringing him in from the paddock, like he would come in on his hind legs, and if to get after him. He would just get worse. You know, people were like, well, Amy, you got to train him. I'm like, well, I-, I I don't know how to train him. In this <laughs> time. I'm like, I admit, you just got to let him, you know, you give him, don't hold him. Just, you know, have, make sure there's no pressure on the rope. And he comes down he's like, Oh, okay. So we had to go to team processing and the girls, two of the other grooms had to stay and take care of the horses. And they were like, Oh my God, he's in gonna... <laughs> <laughs> a, And sure enough, he played their trick and they're like, we're never going to touch him again. And then Mm -hmm. my parents came to visit and they brought my niece and she's only 13 and she's like, I want to lead happy. (laughs) And a lot of people would be like, oh, you didn't. I'm like, you know what? I can guarantee you this horse is going to walk out there with his head on the floor. (laughs) And did he? (laughs) Oh, totally. (laughs) Of (laughs) course. He's totally like, oh, hi. But in, in Rio, he just showed all his heart. Like, you know, obviously he stood out just the it's it's tough like it i found that in all these olympics you know the three olympics i've been to when they have to go back in for that sh- second show jumping round to me that's super tough you just ask them to do you know a regular the the three day and then you're like oh by the way we're attacking you a fourth time yeah <laughs> he was just all class about it and uh he i i, I honestly believe he knew how what how you know how oh. much it meant to, how good, what a good boy he was so he's <laughs> yeah, I like I say he's um you know the. <laughs> And the other, I like, I like to think he really likes me One of the stories is uh, I had a friend hand grazing him at a local show last year And it was completely my fault I did not give her a long lead line And I normally always have a long lead line on him And sure enough, something spooked him and he went up And she couldn't hold on to him oh, boy. And um, he got free and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> He tried around and you could see he was like Well, I'm free, but I'm scared I'm free, but I'm scared <laughs> And I was just like, happy. And he totally just stopped, looked at me and came trotting over to me. Good boy. <laughs> and I was like, thank God. <laughs> Good I tra- boy. Good boy. Yeah, I
0: trained this horse. This is because of me. Exactly. <laughs>
1: So he's Obviously he's very special You know Con I'd say Connor, The one You know Phillips that won The four star Like again For him to do that He definitely Did not have the easiest Way of going And you know um, It was a lot of maintenance To keep him going So again It comes back to the heart The heart he put in To you know Produce that performance For Rolex win Was amazing And then uh, Woodburn A lot of people Don't remember Woodburn He was on the 2010 Worlds teams And unfortunately We lost him And to this day we actually don't know what happened he came in from the paddock one morning and originally it was you know it was like oh he's call king and then before you know it he was at new bolton center and we lost him the end of that day and wow he was he i always called him like he was this amazing good looking like quarterback of the team Mm -hmm. that knew he was the man so much talent he didn't really know what to do with it (laughs) you know, Philip took him around Burley in 2000 and when was that? That was 2012. No, 2008, I think it might have been. It was the wettest year Burley had had and I think it was him and William Fox Pitt that made the time mm-hmm. and it was just unbelievable to watch. It was a machine. Unfortunately, <laughs> fortunately I could not jog up on the Sunday which was absolutely devastating but, you know, still that cross-country course just the way he went around that just stands out, stands out in my mind. But, you know, well, the downside is you- I've taken care of all these horses and we lose some and you, you just they're part of your family you know
0: yeah yeah you it, get it, attached you're with
1: them all the time yeah no and it's it's super hard and um obviously we had we had a barn fire here back in 2011 which although it wasn't my personal horses you know just to go through that experience is something you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy sure uh, you know the, as, as i say there's always the highs there's always the lows mm-hmm. uh, i'm trying to think what else <laughs> i think my favorite entertaining story is 2007 It was the first Team trip we did As Philip being an American In the Pan Ams And it's actually Where I met my um, Now best friend Carol Ann It was at Rio And We get there And like It's a nightmare For the horses The, the, the driver From the airport To the venue Was I'm pretty sure He was high on cocaine Oh great The Yikes. truck basically Couldn't go above Second gear So we're burning <laughs> The truck <up. laughs> yeah. Oh no like, Our team horses are there We're, we're like all sitting in the truck with our horses because we're so scared of what's about to happen Yeah, and then we get to the venue and they have to do this wash down for ticks and the army are doing it and they are just really rough about it like they don't care about how they're treating the horses doing it so you know that's all upsetting us and we're like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and then the horses stores are great like where the horses stayed absolutely great and then we get to the living and it's literally shipping containers that have got bug beds in And a toilet in the back, oh, no. up, like leaking down the center. The <laughs> and I was like, wow, wow. The best was one night we went out, and the riders actually had a taxi come and get us to go to Rio into the city and have dinner with them. And then the taxi driver got lost coming back. <laughs> and Carol had she might have had one too many, but we stopped. It's like these army barracks, and we know we're close. We're like, we know the entrance is around here somewhere. And she jumps out, And she's like, excuse me, excuse me, where, where are we going? And they just basically like pull out their machine guns. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) jeez! Drunk American. (laughs) And I mean, to this day, we all talk about that because it was freaking hysterical. (laughs) Once we, like the rest of us get out of the taxi, like calm everyone down. (laughs) Right,
0: right. um, It it
1: was, you know, it's those memories that, you know, is what we get out of the team experience, even when it, doesn't go the way you want it to competition wise like there's pretty much always some entertaining stories coming out of it from the grooms <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> do you find that you travel with like the a similar group most of the time when you guys are traveling even nationally and internationally and all
1: that i mean definitely my closest circle of friends are you know the people that i've been on the teams with and i think just as you know there's always a cycle isn't there sort of like there's three main people and then there's always someone new coming in so you know you're always meeting new people but you know as for me you know i definitely my closest friends are still people that are actually from that first trip and then you know a couple have joined in since really so good (laughs) times okay
0: well so what's the next big thing what's your next what are you prepping for
1: um we're actually prepping for po four star which is in the south of france oh wow and i've actually never been to po so i'm pretty excited um philip's hopefully taking two horses okay um we're still a ways out so i'm always like you never know you you don't want to get your hopes up because I always say until, until those plane doors shut and you've taken off right. you're not there yet <laughs> but yeah so it's a bit of a trek you, you've you got to have a certain horse you got to you can't really take anything that doesn't ship well because you actually have to fly to France um, or we'll fly into Amsterdam and then we'll trek probably nine hours down to Shanti and we'll stay I think we're going to stay three days in Shanti and then it's another 12 hours south wow um, so you really have to have a horse that doesn't mind shipping and you know doesn't stress too much much over it and um but i've been told it's a very relaxed four star and that the wine and cheese is really really good
0: there you go yes <laughs> excellent will you see family while you're over there
1: not in france that's a okay. little bit too far uh, okay. for my parents but they are very like i went to ireland and they came to ireland to see me and obviously whenever i'm in england they uh, come to see me
0: yeah so. oh well wonderful well emma i hope you yeah. have a wonderful time that's exciting
1: yes i'm looking forward to it thank you
0: I'd like to sincerely thank Emma Ford for spending time with me today. If you'd like to learn more about Emma, you can follow World Class Grooming for Horses on Facebook. She and Kat have tips and pet peeves and other fun bits of info on that. You can also visit worldclassgrooming.com to find out about clinics and training. Emma mentioned a couple of products in our chat. You can find links to those as well as to her book on our website, thehorsecure.com. Subscribe to The Horse Cure on iTunes and Stitcher and follow us on Facebook. If you have someone you'd like to hear interviewed on The Horse Cure or a topic you'd like to learn more about, Let me know. Thanks!